Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Contra Hardcore for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. Yeah, slash Mega Drive. Don't forget all those fine folks out there in Europe and Japan. Never. Contra Hardcore was developed and published by Konami for the Sega Genesis in North America in August of 1994, and then for the Mega Drive in Japan in September of 94. Ooh. That's right. America got it first. And then for PAL Territories and their Mega Drive only one month later in November. Well, two months, but 1994. So no one had to wait too long for this game. Yeah, that's cool. Now, of course, the PAL versions were not called Contra Hardcore. Were these uh, Probotectors? Still in the Probotector line. I've never actually played a Probotector, but all the screenshots I've seen, I'm like, it looks pretty cool having a robot. Like, I, I and oh, the name are cool. cool too, you know? Um, yeah, and I'll get to it later, but we played this on the collection, the Contra collection. Mm. And you can play all of them as the Japanese, American, or European versions. Oh, cool. So you can play them. You can play all the Probotectors. Sweet. And like you mentioned, in uh, Europe, as they are not allowed to show people shooting each other, apparently, or other extreme violence, they used robots instead of people. And all of the characters in this game were turned into robots, except for the robot. Oh, sure. Right. (laughs) And they were just renamed uh, characters uh, X1 through X4. Okay. And instead of fighting uh, people, you were fighting like aliens. And, like, the, the humanoid enemies that were, like, your bosses became, like, alien creatures. Humanoid aliens. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, now, beyond that, the Japanese version was also very different from the American version. Not in terms of content, but in terms of difficulty. Yeah, I, uh, I, I noticed this myself, right? The, uh, the Japanese version has a, a three-hit life bar, right? Yes, it does. Three-hit life bar. And you don't lose your gun until you die not just from taking a hit it's crazy and then in addition to that it has unlimited continues which is also nice very much so and it has cheat codes yeah i uh (laughs) i utilized one of these myself (laughs) as did i now this game was directed by naboya nakazato who also directed contra 3 okay i think you can see a lot of dna crossover between the two yeah yeah Uh, he also did neo contra which i have never played and then even most recently, he directed the current Contra Rogue Corps. Oh, okay, cool. So, long time Contra man. And this um, this game, right, this is this is post-treasure forming from ex-Konami people, right? Yes. So, it's, uh, it's interesting to see this kind of two divergent paths of, you know, uh, of similar gameplay, I guess. Very much so. And I think I'll talk about that later in our general chat section. Cool. But this was the first... Contra game to be released on a Sega system. Oh, right, yeah. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Contra Hardcore? It is a side-scrolling run-and-gun action platformer. Indeed it is. It is the epitome of a action platformer contra game really yeah yeah um 
You know, it's uh has a lot. I mean, you know, it does its own kind of newer stuff in certain ways, but that contra, you know, <laughs> core pun intended is still there. Yes, very much so. And because of that, you can jump and you can jump a lot. You will be jumping a lot and it's a good jump. Yes, I think so. It's very standard for the Contra franchise. You have full control of your movement in that jump. Mm -hmm. And what makes this game so different than the other Contra games is you have four selectable characters. Yeah. And we're going to get into those a little more specifically here right away because their differences do affect not only your attacks and guns, but also your movement. Yeah, totally. So before we get into each specific character, real quick, I do want to talk about the things that everyone has in common. Okay. And we have your normal jump. You have a standard machine gun you start with. Yes, it's pretty much exactly the same as the one in Contra 3 Alien Wars. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice. You can aim in all the directions as you normally would from a Contra, eight directions. Mm -hmm. But there's a nice little uh, extra thing they throw into this one where you can switch between firing style one and two on the fly. Yeah. And what that does is it allows you to have fixed shots at angles where you can't move once you start shooting, or you can always be moving, but you just can't hit those angles as uh It's pretty cool. I, I like this uh, system well enough. It takes a little while to get used to switching back and forth. Like, mm -hmm. um, it, I still would just like a, a button to hold down and to lock my gun in one angle. You know, like that's the dream. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. What game does that? I don't know. <laughs> There's a game I've played in the past, well, I was going to say a year or two, but as you get older, a year or two really means like five years in your memory <laughs> uh, that did have that function, and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's It seems so, like, basic. I don't know. If, it seems, why isn't that the first thing they try? But I don't know. Well, you are dealing with the fact that most of these games on the Genesis do have to be made with the three-button controller in mind, even though the six-button controller was out at this point. Yeah, yeah. Which we should mention that this game does have expanded control features for the six-button controller. Uh, yes, it does. And that is one of the ways that's easier to switch between that one and two shot modes. Yeah, totally. Because normally, what do you have to hit? A, a, a and B at the same time. Yeah, that's that's no good. No. I, I mean, I, I wasn't using a proper six-button controller, but I, you know, I was using a Super Nintendo style, but... Just being able to do that with one button, I can't, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a must-have. Agreed. Uh, then you also can switch between weapons, because in this game, you can have up to four weapons in reserve. Yes, and it's awesome. It is great, and your A button will switch between those and what comes back from Contra 3, the bomb. Yes. And the bomb is your standard screen clearer, lots of damage to a boss bomb. Yes. It gives you everything you expect and want from it. And then there is one more shared feature that is a really cool addition to the Contra moveset, and that is a slide. Yeah. And that's just down and jump? Yes, uh, it's uh, and you're invincible while you do it, and, and it even damages enemies that you come across while you're sliding. Yeah, I was trying to get better with the slide, and I think if I put more time into this game, which, spoiler alert, I definitely will be, uh, <laughs> I want to get better with that slide. Yeah, um, same here. So now let's get into the characters you're going to find in this game. Let's get into them. Uh, you have your two main normally characters. Uh, in the old games, this probably would have been Lance or Bill. Right, right. But this time you have Ray as the main guy. Yeah, Ray powered. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and he has four weapons he can use. He gets the laser. 
Yes, the Vulcan. Well, we should say, you know, you start with so the four weapons are in these are four categories A, B, C, and D. And your normal machine gun is, is your is in the A slot. Correct. And then when you get an, an uh, A, that will upgrade it to one level. So you kind of have five guns if you count your crappy machine gun at the beginning. And so his upgrade is that Vulcan laser. And it's not like the laser in Alien Wars where it's got a set limit. Yeah, it's more like rapid fire kind of. I did not play laser. much with Ray, so I don't know how well it worked out. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> now, he also gets the crash gun. Yeah, kind of similar to the um, the C bombs from Contra Three, but these will just go until they they just fly straight until they hit something and then explode. They have a weird kind of animation. It's like a lob, kind of a you could see the whole bomb like spinning in the air. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're very powerful. I think so. Next up, he gets the classic spread gun. Yeah, it's back, and it's uh, just as good as ever. Five bullets looks just like the old one. Yes, sir. And then finally, he gets the homing missiles. Yeah, another returning favorite. Super rapid fire, and uh, they do what they say they will, and they home in. Yeah, you get a lot of them on the screen. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have your lady character, perhaps the Lance of this game, and her name is <laughs> Sheena. Yeah, Sheena Etronzi. I bet you were pretty pleased with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, for our listeners, my uh, one of my cats is named Sheena. So, yes, there you my go. dog was also almost named Sheena, but then was vetoed because your cat was already named it. Oh, I know. It's all right. <laughs> and she's pretty cool. She starts with that normal gun like everyone does, but it upgrades to the genocide Vulcan. Yeah, where you get uh, larger bullets. They're like red and blue. They look pretty cool. It's a, it's a good upgrade, I think. I liked it better than the Vulcan laser. Yeah, they're a little bigger and it's stronger. Yeah. Uh, next up, she gets the shower crash. And it looks yeah. almost identical to Ray's grenade gun. Yeah. Except for they're like in a short arc and they detonate yeah. whenever they hit something. Shorter. Yeah. So it's definitely shorter range. But I actually kind of like the arc because... Agreed. Know, you can like, yeah, you can lob it in some weird ways. It's I feel cool. like for bosses, it's really good. Yep. Agreed. And then next she has the brake laser. Yeah, this is pretty much our classic laser has come back here. Yeah, the one shot moving across the screen. Mm -hmm. And it goes through walls and everything, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then she also gets the axe laser. Yeah, this is a kind of weird one where it shoots... Very weird. Four, it's like a spread of four smaller rapid lasers that are also homing lasers. So it uh, <laughs> it looks pretty cool. It goes flying all over the place. Uh, it seems about as good as uh, the homing missiles, right? I didn't notice it to be stronger or anything necessarily. Yeah, I didn't play with her much either, just mainly to check out all of her arsenal. Sure. And then next up, we have the character I played the most as. Mm. That would be Brad, Bradley Fang. Yeah, um, he is an awesome character who is a wolf man and with bionic not just arms. <laughs> yes, like you said, bion two bionic arms. Not just bionic <laughs> arms. Yes, one has a Gatling gun for a fist. Which is awesome. And yes. let's not forget, he also has sunglasses. And sunglasses. I, when I saw him, I knew that was the character for me. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty awesome. And he's got uh, a lot of cool weapons as well. Yeah. Uh, his gun upgrades to the Beast Shooter. It is an awesome weapon, the Beast Shooter. It has great spread, and it's very strong. Yes, it is. It's it's the best of the, the A weapons. Although I don't know about you, I did not seem to find as many A weapon upgrades as I did other guns when I was playing. I'm trying to think. Um, or really... maybe my second player just took them all. I'm not sure. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, maybe. I... 
Now, in addition to the beast shooter, he gets a power punch. Yeah, and uh, this is a very short range. Uh, it's almost of... as if it's like a sideways mushroom cloud. Yeah, yeah. It just comes out. It makes an explosion that's, well, it's short range. It does spread out a good bit, and it's pretty strong. Yeah, I would try to save this for the bosses whenever I could. Yeah, although this one, you can't. You can only shoot it left and right, correct? Correct, but it's got a really tall sprite as its damage radius so it's not that hard to get things above you no no i i like this weapon myself same and it you can spam it like you can hit that button a lot and get a lot of punches out for sure yeah and following that we have the flamethrower another classic weapon returning or you know this is you know the flamethrower from contra 3 so it's Mm -hmm. a continuous hitting little fire that you can move around uh it's good stuff pretty strong too it goes through walls. Uh, it's just a little hard to use uh, sometimes for boss fights because the range is short and you you got to be in, in mode two if you want to hit those angles and keep it on something. That's true. And then finally, we have his psychic blast. Yeah. And this one confused me a little bit at first when I got it. Yeah. Because uh, I would get it and then try to spam it and get killed. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a charge attack, kind of. Well, kind of. You It has to charge for at least a second or two before it's even useful, before it even attacks. Yeah, and then you'll see a, uh, it's kind of a double helix beam thing. It looks cool, and it's pretty strong, from what I could tell. Uh, Very strong. This is another great one to use on bosses. Yeah, it can be, but this is another one that can only fire left and right, right? That is true. So, yeah, it's not too bad of a a thing. Yeah, but my thing I found, though, in this game is that you have such a tall jump anyways, Mm -hmm. that it didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then we have our final playable character and that is brownie the robot yeah brownie a little cute robot that's pretty awesome indeed and my son played as him the most and before we get into his weapons he does have a movement change that the other characters don't have oh yes he does yeah he is a smaller sprite to begin with which is pretty fun Mm -hmm. and he's so short that he actually is ducking under certain attacks yeah, a lot of attacks you don't have to duck with other ones. And, you know, because I've played through with various characters, right? And it really seems like Brad is like half a head taller or Fang, you know, yeah. than say Ray or Sheena. And he's like the the inverse of that. So it's super tiny and which is pretty nice, you know? Yeah. And then Brownie also has a jetpack. Yeah. So you can get like a kind of a double jump. Like your second jump isn't the full height of the first one. But in either case, if you hold down your jump button, you get a little hover down. It's pretty cool. It is pretty awesome. And then he also has a bunch of weird weapons. Yeah, yeah. His main gun upgrade is the victory laser. (laughs) Yeah, it shoots out uh, what look like greater than symbols or sideways Vs. Yeah. But it it behaves really weird because if you're shooting it and you change directions, it kind of like the flamethrower, it moves to that. It doesn't instantly change directions, you know? Yes. So it takes a little getting used to. Just as weird are the Gemini Scatter. Yeah, yeah, which is a weird boomerangy. Little... It took it took us a long time to figure out what this was even supposed to be doing. I, I mean, I used it some, but it, I I never really got much out of it. It was just like, why wouldn't I want this over any other gun? I don't. It was kind of my least favorite because I did play mostly as Brownie and. Well, when you shoot the bullets, they they go to one end of the screen and then come back. So I guess you get a second hit with them, maybe. Yeah, I I just it never seemed to be worth or strong. I I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't, you know, 
it certainly it creates right. a lot of noise on the screen. I'll, I can say that. Yes. So I, I tried to keep away from that for yeah. a while. <laughs> now, how did you feel about the next weapon, the electric yo-yo? Oh, I I use this a lot. I didn't realize it's the most powerful weapon in the game. I yeah, it's it, it's it's a weird. Um, <laughs> it, it sends out a little say a spiked ball kind of looking thing on, on a chain that mm -hmm. will, you know, you can shoot it out in any eight directions. And as you hold it down, it just kind of keeps orbiting around a certain area and, and, and it'll hit anything that it's uh, spiky end part touches. So if you're against like bosses and stuff, you can get a lot of rapid hits really quick. Yeah. Yeah. It is awesome for bosses. And then finally we have the shield chaser. Another weird one. Yeah. When you hold down your fire button, you get a uh, six, like shields pop out around you. Yeah. And they do protect you. Uh, but then you can let go and you can shoot them out. Yeah. Um, I like this weapon, but I didn't use it as the shield function very much. Yeah, I would not rely on that. I, I, I Yeah, anytime I tried to, it didn't really work out well for me. Um, so I, I normally just would like kind of rapid fire it to just get the homing effect. And it's decently strong and you know it's kind of useful in that in that regard. Now, of course, all of these weapons and the bombs do come to you via the little floating capsules that you find in every Contra game. Now, are there free lives in this game? Um, there are. You do get one ups at certain point intervals. I feel like the first one is around 20,000. I think it's similar to previous Contras where it's like 20,000, 60,000, and then like every 40,000 after that or so. It seemed to be about the same range, but uh, this game does not display your score on on your heads-up display right. on the screen, so I, I could never really tell. I, I know I got them in the midst of levels sometimes, but... But there are no power-ups, uh, there are no power-up one-ups, like you don't find them in the game. Correct. Now you start or, the game with three lives? Uh, you can, in the options, you can change it up to five. Okay. So there is that. And I think you get five continues in the U.S. version. So in the U.S. version, you only get five continues and you only have three lives to start with. And I will say they are pretty good about save spots. Like when you continue, you don't have to continue at the very beginning of every level. Yeah, their their checkpoints are, yeah, they're pretty generous in that, that way. I that, liked it. I, I was often pleasantly surprised. Yeah, which is a bummer that then the American version only gives you five of those continues. Yeah, yeah. And I think the only other thing to note is that what another thing that makes this game very unique in the Contra series is it does have branching paths. Yeah, it has a pretty cool system kind of where at the end of certain levels, you'll get a choice and uh, to go basically one way or the other. And depending on which way you go, alters your next level, the futures of the game, and eventually your ending. Yes, indeed. And those, uh, the multiple paths you are accompanied, even when they're not the paths, you frequently have little cutscenes in between the levels, and you'll have like your boss telling you your mission and stuff, mm -hmm. which is pretty new to the series and pretty cool, I thought. Oh, they're great. Uh, all they all look really good, uh, and the story's pretty fun, except for the fact that I don't really know exactly what it is because I've I've really only gotten through big portions of the story in the Japanese version, and I used <laughs> Google Translate on okay. my phone. <laughs> to kind of understand what was happening. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience. So. <laughs> well, Nick, this is Contra, a storied franchise from the Konami folks, but uh, Genesis, not always known for the best manuals, 
So mm -hmm. where do these two paths align? Um, this is a pretty solid manual. Um, you know, it's, it is 21 pages, black and white. It's got a bunch of screenshots and some pretty cool character art of all four of the characters, kind of anime style. Oh, I got to find this picture then of uh, my guy. Yeah, well, and it's also got um, like kind of the boss arts, like uh, Dead-Eye Joe, the Doctor, uh, Colonel Bahamut or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, it shows all them drawn in the same style. You get some like level previews and it, it does give you a pretty, pretty neat uh, story kind of background where it, it, it does say this takes place five years after the Alien Wars. Oh, it is. It is that soon afterwards. Yeah. And, and so much of the planet was destroyed that there's an extreme concentration of people in the, in the only places left intact. So there's very high crime and that's coupled with genetic engineering and cyborg tech. So that means bad news. Fortunately, the hardcore is uh, was formed as a response team okay. to, to help deal with all that stuff. And basically, that's where you're at. And then, uh, you know, the, the game actually starts your first mission, and it kind of runs through it here where an unknown hacker has hacked into the system and set some unmanned weapons and robots to go crazy. So they send in the hardcore. And of course, you know, so you get that little background, but it does go through each of the characters, all their guns and the differences thereof, you know, and of course, controls, everything's pretty well explained. So all in all, I thought it was a pretty solid manual. All right. Also, I right, looked it up and that guy looks awesome. Yeah. That yeah. drawing. Yeah, they're pretty good, right? Oh, man, I found a color version of that drawing. It's going to be like my background of something. Oh, mama. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Contra Hardcore? I had never played this game before. I was aware of its existence kind of vaguely, but I was a Nintendo kid, so I never really crossed paths with it. Same here. And for some reason, I had the uh, notion that this was a lesser Contra. Well, you know, I did too, because I remember there wasn't there like the fourth or another Contra on the NES where you could choose characters. Maybe. I, I have this memory. Maybe I'm, I must be conflating it with some other game, but and I had thought this was like a version, uh, a Sega version of an inferior Nintendo game or something. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe some eagle eared listeners can let me know what, what I think I'm talking about. But yeah, I never played it. And uh, I just I, like you knew of its existence, but never got around to ever trying it. So then, Nick, what was your more recent experience with this game? Well, I, I I played this game, beat it. Um, I played it for at least an hour every day. I did eventually break down and cheat. I was trying to get as far as I could without it, and I was not able to fully beat it. I did get to the first form of the final boss on one of the endings. So, oh, wow, that's, that's something. That is quite the accomplishment. I also tried it a little bit legit style, American version. Uh, but then I realized that the Japanese version is so much more fun. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was having a great time even with the U.S. version. Um, well, I agree in that just from the game play standpoint, but having the three hits. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. And unlimited continues are yeah. just that's everything right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at the same time, though, I kind of felt like it was so easy. I was I don't know, like, yeah, I feel like you could have had one or the other. Just giving that life, like I, I was baffled at how little I died when I switched over. Where I was like, "Holy cow!" Like I kept expecting, like, "All right, I lost my gun," but no. So it it, it makes such a big difference, especially in a contra game where you're you have never had one before. You know, 
Oh, yeah. By the end of the game, I was at the point where I could switch to my crappy gun before I, I was like, oh, I've got one hit left. I'm switching to crappy gun <laughs> yeah. so I don't lose my good ones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I played it um, about three or four times. Uh, two of those times was with my son and we went through and beat the entire game. And then the other two times were just me goofing around with different characters, trying to see how far I could get. Gotcha. Yeah, I was I was mostly trying to hammer through. You know, I, I played around early on, but I gravitated towards Brownie eventually and started trying to make a real run. And then when I realized, I was like, look, even if I do beat this, get this one ending before it's time to record, uh, there's no way I'm getting all the rest. So uh, so how many I, endings did you see? I saw them all. I uh, I downloaded the um, Japanese ROM and I just used that. And then I, I would save state at every choice. So, oh, OK, you know, I, and I used uh, the like 70 man code on top of having the unlimited continues and your default life meter so it was like like i said i felt guilty at points where i was fighting a boss and i was just like nah, i don't even really have to try to dodge because i have 60 lives so well, I, I definitely want to go back for sure and uh, i only saw one ending legit and then went and checked out the other ones uh online but i, I definitely yeah. want to see them all in person now did you also check out the secret ending uh, yeah i did that that one i actually got on my own but oh uh, well i can't wait to hear about it but the rest of them like I went through and beat them on the Japanese version, then went back and watched them on YouTube because I did not understand what anyone was saying. So I, I was I thought it'd be fun to compare what I thought was going on with what actually was. Yeah, it was pretty close. I'm, I would like to see what the official translation is compared to my on the fly holding the phone up Google Translate. <laughs> Right, folks this is it the general chat portion of our show and i would just like to start by saying that i think this game is an amazing middle ground or missing link between the contra franchise and gunstar heroes yeah yeah it is a weird it, it's interesting to compare like uh, wasn't but gunstar heroes was out already by the time this one came out right because this is like 94 right? or i could be wrong about that i don't know but yeah gunstar heroes came out in 1993 okay so it's but it's really interesting to know that those were, you know, the old Konami people moved on to that. But the ones that stayed, you know, you know, it, it's just interesting to see what different paths they took in a, in a similar type of game. Yeah. And while I love Gunstar Heroes, I'm going to play this game more, but I, I may like this game more than Gunstar Heroes. I, I think I do as well. Like it does have a little of the, of the same things. Some of my gripes with Gunstar Heroes where the screen just gets so full of explosions and crap that you don't know some of the explosions in this game are just ridiculous they're so huge for such tiny things exploding i had to really like there's uh, even the first level which is easy but it's like all these explosions and, and i'm i'm like i don't know where the enemies are the bullets and i just had to like memorize i was like all right shoot up here keep moving like don't worry and really figuring out what's what's dangerous and what's not can be can be hard sometimes but i really feel like there's only like three or four places that that really messed with me here right. whereas gunstar heroes had a lot of that and i just like the aesthetic of this game so much <laughs> i do too man it looks awesome <laughs> the graphics are really really good and i don't know it's like I, you know they did a lot of things that made it so it doesn't really even look like a genesis game in certain ways yeah it looks really good and all the you know of course you've got 
you know, like we said, there's a lot of uh, explosions and stuff that the Genesis could handle really easily, you know, with no slowdown. But you also get the big, big robots. It does some weird, like, scaling stuff that looks cool. Like, there's there's a lot of different graphical tricks that were used really well here to make some fun, different, like, set-piece battles. Yeah, and that's a lot of what this game is, is you're really moving from one set-piece to another. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that seemed to be the evolution of the genre as time goes on, or went on, you know? Yeah, and if it's like this, I'm totally down for it because there's very few places where it's like, oh, what are your platforming skills, which was never the best part of the Contra series. Yeah. And instead, they take these giant spectacles and they really all get pulled off in spectacular ways from extreme giant robots to, you know, all kinds of weird and interesting enemies. Yeah, totally. And I love like... Not even just necessarily the enemy sprites, but like your character sprites all look awesome. Like I love they're nice and small and they they just ah, they have like the perfect amount of detail that I I really like. Agreed. And not only do they look cool, they have a lot of really nice little animation touches. Uh, They just look very fluid and smooth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And not just you, but the enemies you fight. I mean, even your little grunt enemies are really unique and cool. Like those robots that like they stop and then the gun comes out of their chest. Yeah, there's a bunch of in a lot of weird aliens and stuff. And like, in fact, some of the enemies sprites are are so good. And it's hard to tell when you're playing because it's like like an enemy boss and you're shooting it. So it's flashing the whole time, pretty much. Yeah, but it's it's like some of them are worth pausing just to see. But like, man, that's a cool looking weird ass alien, you know? Yeah. And while we're talking about bosses, uh, you know, one thing that some people might think is a dig at the game, but I thought was a nice, you know, call back to the originals is that if you know where to stand and where to attack these bosses can be taken down in seconds yeah it's it's something that's cool like where you know it's like every time you, you get to a new boss i'm always like oh geez i don't i you i know i'm gonna die because i'm like i don't know what to dodge or where to you know right but eventually you can work it out and find and and there are uh quite a few bosses where just there's a safe spot you just gotta figure it out and stick there yeah i mean and just really Made me think of the first two in that regard. And then back to comparing this to Gunstar Heroes. I really like that the implementation of the two different shooting styles is changed on the fly. Yeah, instead of doing either or. Yeah, because the either or is like, eh, you know, you have to pick your poison there. Like, do you want to be better at boss fights or at <laughs> the normal parts of the stages? Yeah, that, I agree. I, I would. I could never make it through a full game as the the style where you can't move while you're shooting. Like that's just like an anathema to me. So I was like, I, I'm glad I was able to take advantage of it when I needed to here. And there are definitely boss fights where that is a huge advantage. Yeah, for sure. And especially if you have some of these uh, stranger guns that like the flamethrower things where you can't really get a hit on something if you're running with it and trying to shoot it at an angle. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. But, you know, in general, I thought the controls were pretty spot on. You know, everything handled well. I, I like the slide. I forgot to use it sometimes. I was still trying to work that in more. Agreed. But... And the addition of that slide, I think, is a real, I mean, it, it to me, this is the final form. I don't know what else you could want in a run and gun action platformer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, this is it. You know, you've got a nice big jump. You've got the slide. You've got eight-way shooting. You can change your gun. I mean, it's the only thing I would have liked more is if, you couldn't because you didn't have shoulder buttons as if you could shoulder toggle your weapons. But other than that, I mean, controls were spot on. Yeah, it's good stuff. And I mean, I would say it's a pretty tough game if we're talking about the U.S. version with the, you know, even with five lives and five continues. It, but it doesn't feel 
undoable. Like in, it's not difficult in an unfair way. Like I think it's it's feasible for someone to play this game and eventually, you know, once you learn the the tricks of each level, you know, because it's only like six levels each playthrough. Right, and much like the original two, which I think it is a little harder than those, maybe, but it's that same thing where once you're familiar with you know where every enemy's coming from you then know the patterns and when to move dodge jump and shoot yeah yeah it's just a matter of practice but i will say this game is uh definitely easier than contra 3 so oh i that's why i said the first two because <laughs> yeah. it contra 3 just has those boss fights that are ridiculous those overhead levels just if you excised them from the game i think it would be a much easier and better game yeah yeah and luckily it's... this 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 one has no overhead none of that yeah, which is good. Good on them. Way to go, guys. Now, music, pretty good. Yeah. But again, this is a game where you're really only hearing that music at the beginning of a level and in between. Right, right. Because the it's rest of the time, you're just hearing bullets and explosions. Pew pews as far as the eye can see. But, you know, if you listen to it, it is definitely there. It's um a more techno dancey vibe, I think, than previous ones. It's not like as epic or dramatic as, say, Alien Wars, but... um. And not quite as catchy as the first ones, but it's still good stuff. Uh, and, and and it fits in with the game pretty well. Oh, for sure. And then as far as level designs are concerned, uh, you know, it's hard to call out the backgrounds in this game because I feel like they are such a great extension of the levels themselves. Yeah, in a lot of cases they are, yeah. So it's not like, oh, that background was cool. It's like that level just looked cool and it was all one thing. Yeah, yeah. It's all, It's this game is themed pretty really well like I, like i want to learn more about this future world like it looks it looks pretty sweet agreed all right gals and girls guys and gals gals and girls all right <laughs> all right guys and girls this is it the level by level portion of our show and this game has six levels but some of them are different depending on the choices you make as we mentioned earlier yeah so we're gonna go through uh levels one then all the level twos then so on and so forth yes sir but i don't think we're gonna go super deep into the levels this time well we kind of mentioned it before they're not there's not a lot to the levels it's just a few set pieces and a boss you know there is a little bit of uh you know running true running and gunning i guess but it, they're they're mostly pretty distinct you know and we're trying to keep this down to a one-parter before we hit that big 200 episode oh mama so yeah so the game opens as every level does with a little briefing in your headquarters yeah you've got your sergeant lieutenant i don't know some sort of commander he lets you know that in this case there's you know like we mentioned in the manual section uh a hacker made all these uh, robots and, and things go berserk. So get down there and stop it. Oh, there's an unmanned robot thing. Yeah, a, a giant unmanned robot. Which, I mean, I read this part. Like, I have I played this level a lot, so. Yeah, yeah. Same I here. had it memorized. <laughs> and level one is the city in distress. And I love the start of this level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you come tear it in and like a armored personnel carrier or something. It looks like the vehicle from Aliens. Yeah, yeah. And and it's kind of similar. One of the levels in, in in Alien Wars was like this, except you got to hang on to it a little while longer. But And it's great because you just tear through like a bunch of enemies until you run into another parked car. Yeah. Then you hop out and it's 
depending on who you chose, it's, I mean, whatever character you choose will hop out and then it's time to kick butt. Yeah. I mean, right away you're fighting small robots. There's a big, like giant 10 legged robot that pops out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was one of the areas, this very first part of the first stage, I actually like hated that it took me a long time to get through here without losing a life because this was um, like the, even these little enemies explode into like eight fireballs and stuff where I was just, I don't even know what the heck was going on. Like, and you can't just run blindly forward. And yeah, and it's honestly, it just looks way worse than it really is. So it's it's kind of confusing. Yeah, for sure. But like we mentioned, so many... So much of these levels is just set piece to set piece. So you're going to run for a little bit. Then you've got a mini boss or a bigger boss or another whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, this 10 legged robot is your first one. It comes out of a building or something and it can stand up on hind legs. It can shoot a beam. But none of them are like crazy to fight. They just know you shoot them in the head a bunch of times. Yeah, you just figure out their tricks. And the trick is dodge their bullets and shoot them in the head <laughs> like 99% of the time. Always slide. Uh, the second little mini boss of this area is a four-legged robot that like uh, pops out and has another laser beam thing. Uh, what's fun about it though is once you destroy it, it like starts spinning like crazy. Yeah, and then you have to hit destroy that form of it, uh, and then that flies into a building that gets knocked over. Yeah, and it like slowly tips over, and then you can walk up it. Pretty cool. Yeah, and then at uh, the end of it is your first big boss, this giant robot. Yeah, and you know you see it in the background in this like. It's a very like uh, it's like a burning city background and you see this huge robot kind of walking. Um, you get a little preview of this one of its attacks and then it it jumps out out of the screen and then flies down right in front of you. And it's super big. You're on the top of a, a huge building and you can just see like its hands, shoulders and head. Yeah, it's a definitely a very uh, Evangelion styled giant robot. Sure. Yeah. Kind of organic looking, but it does. It looks awesome. And its main attacks are it has that sweeping laser that you see first and then we'll explode the screen in a series of explosions which are fairly easy to dodge yeah and then it also will pick up a car and throw it at you which is awesome yeah and sadly the, you know this if you just stand directly underneath its eye which is yeah. where you're shooting it and it shoots straight up like all of its fire attacks will miss you and you might see uh, it start to pick up a car and then die like if there's <laughs> two of you it will never get that car you're <laughs> right I, I bet yeah you beat it and then you get to move on through the level two, another big old boss. No. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is where you realize. Well, you write on. There are a few of those return from Aliens Three. Those, or I'm sorry, Contra Three, Alien Wars, with the uh, where it's like a little looking like an eyeball robot thing with the bars sticking out, and you you yeah. write on the bars, they rotate. One of Sadly, them. Sadly, I had a little more trouble with this section than I wanted to a couple times. Well, it can be because if you screw up and you're riding around one of those arms or bars and it gets to the edge of the screen, it'll just kill you. It got me more yes, than once. Yes, like, exactly what happened. Yes. Yeah, so you got to you gotta don't scroll the screen till you can properly jump. But eventually you'll get one that's not moving and then you kind of ride it down. It breaks through some cars and then gets shot by a mysterious robot off screen. Yes. It's that unmanned robot you saw earlier. Yes. But this turn. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the twist is. It's not unmanned. No, this is a, totally manned. <laughs> yeah. Yes. By a, a fellow named Deadeye Joe. And we'll get to know him a little more as the, the as less the fun brother of Cotton Eye. <laughs> yeah. And this robot fight standard shoot him in the head. Avoid the robot. It does a big jump. You can jump slide under it. Yeah. He just shoots stuff at one point. He'll, you know, his upper body will detach and spin around and like cut up the building behind you. It looks neat, but it, not very tough. No, this guy's easy as cake. 
But once you've defeated him, you get your first decision. That's right. He flies off. And then but you're also getting orders from HQ that says, you know, you got to get to the research center. Uh, it's under attack. But then Deadeye Joe is going a different way. So you got to choose your path. Yes, you can choose to go after Joe or rescue the research center. Yeah, which way should we go, Eric? Uh, let's go after Joe because I mistranslated the second one. Oh, really? I was like, rescue the what? I don't know. Let's <laughs> just go after that guy. Okay. And so I did. And we get to return of our favorite hover bike. Yeah, that's right. You're gliding along. Uh, it's important to remember that you cannot slide while you're on a vehicle. So don't no. don't screw up and try that. But you can still jump and the vehicle follows you as you jump. Yes. Uh, lots of enemies are flying around. Nothing too big. But you yeah. do have this mechanical spider boss you got to fight. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because you enter a tunnel and this weird. Yeah, it's a thick spider that kind of it, it does some weird movements where it, it, it it's like moving on the background in this like circular tunnel. So, you, you know, you got to watch out as it weaves its way around. Um, it has a laser beam attack. You want to dodge? Mm-hmm. It has bouncing balls, or sometimes it'll get on the ceiling and it has a little claw that comes out and it moves in a predictable pattern. You stay in between. Yeah. It can uh, take a little while if you only have your machine gun, but it's it's totally doable. Yeah, the hardest part about this uh, boss fight is that there's just times where you really can't hit it. Yeah, you just have to, yep. See, th- these are the, the times where, another reason I love that yo-yo is it's like you just hold that button down, focus on your dodging, and it'll just keep following him around the room. Oh, yeah, I can see that being extremely handy. Now, once you have defeated that thing, uh, there is a ship trying to get away from this whole area, the one that Joe is on. Yeah, well, you come flying down, and your your hover bike turns into a kind of ostrich for some reason. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I really like it, but I don't know why it wouldn't just be a hover bike. But hey, now you're down in like a junkier area, and it's there's like the bottom part of this ship that Joe's in, and it will a little like weak spot, or I don't know, it's kind of like a pillar with a glowing orb in the middle you want to shoot will come down from the bottom and it'll shoot some things at you. But you want to be careful when you jump them because the fiery exhaust from the back of the jet or the ship will kill you. Yeah, it is a little tricky. And the ship itself does move back and forth on your screen. Yeah, and it's 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 really not too tough to avoid. It, you'll shoot to the left, shoot to the right, you know. This is another place where if you have some sort of homing weapon, it would be pretty handy, I'm sure. Indeed. And you just have to destroy that core, and once you do, that giant ship will crash. That's right. And and when it crashes, you get thrown off of your ostrich, <laughs> and the view changes. Yeah, this is where you are now. It, it shifts. You see a city background, and there's a, a, a road, and you're running into the screen towards you, you know, and you can see Deadeye Joe's in a big robot that's chasing you from behind. Yes. And normally these types of levels can be frustrating, but since here you're you're not avoiding anything, you're only avoiding the, yeah. the monster behind you. Normally I hate anything where you're running towards the screen, a la Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> but in this, it's just dodging the attacks coming from behind you, so it's not hard at all. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Um, in fact, this whole boss fight is pretty easy because everything he does from his... Uh, arm attacks to everything to the jump attacks are pretty well telegraphed yeah yeah because he's usually a ways behind um it does get a little tricky at the end towards the end you'll blow up his arms and legs and then the body is just kind of bouncing around that's a little little quicker a little less predictable but still you know if it comes near you just slide so yeah and all of the scrolling and the way the road looks is pretty amazingly good for this just being one 
type of level in this game. Yeah, it's really smooth, you know, and it's got that classic, like, it reminds me of, like, Hang On or Outrun, you know, the the way the road twists and turns, and it's got that scalar effects that look really good. Agreed. And then once you defeat him, you've captured him, and you can return to the base. Well, he then reveals, too, that this was just a distraction. Yeah. And you're like, no, a clever distraction, I think is what they say. <laughs> Apparently, it's very clever. But perhaps you went to uh, rescue the research center. Yes, this is a, a the other path where you start off on your, you're on the same little bike, but a little like, heli- or it's not even a helicopter, it's a jet comes down and you can jump up onto it. And it's like the air police are like, hey, we'll, we'll take you to where you want to go. And, and I like that now you're in a level just like the other level too, but you're moving left on the screen and scrolling that way instead of right. So it really Mm -hmm. does feel like you are taking a different path. Yeah. And I love the background in this where all that you can see the city has these big like pyramid buildings like in Blade Runner. Like it looks awesome. Agreed. But don't get too cozy on top of that plane because you've got a boss to fight up there. Yeah, well, eventually, yeah, you, you there, there's a quick sequence of fighting some easy guys, but then you get up to a somewhat familiar boss here. That's right. Contra 3's very own Rocket Man. <laughs> he looks like, uh, you know, he's the Boba Fett wannabe, kind of. Um, here, he's very easy. He doesn't seem to have nearly as many attacks. He does the same where, you know, he has a grappling hook and swings around and, uh, and jetpacks around. It can take a little while to hit him because he's so fast if you don't have, like, a homing weapon. But he's very easy, I thought. Yeah, um, definitely not as hard as he was in Contra 3, that's for sure. Yeah, so take take that fool down, and then you're, like, immediately assaulted by a plane. Yeah. Where, again, it's like the the little... The little airship or whatever that you're standing on is now heading out from the television towards the viewer, and this plane's behind it, and it's it has uh has some flamethrowers and some triple spread cannons, but generally not too tough to uh, avoid. Yeah, there's definitely places you can stand in between some of its bullets, where there's a couple safe spots. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be a little tricky because you don't have a large like you. Don't, I, I was too afraid to slide. You don't have a lot of room. You fall right. off, you will die. Now, I think its biggest danger is the flamethrower on the nose of the uh, the plane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you fight it some more, and you kind of defeat the plane. Yeah, it, it like, it, it starts to blow up, and then I don't know if it, like, rams the your vehicle or, or whatever, or shoots it, and the, the guy, the air policeman even says, we're going down, so get ready. And then you're on the ground. Yeah, you, you crash down to the... This research facility, you run in, there are a few soldiers, you'll see the doctor, and he tells you, they took the the alien cell. And you're like, what alien cell? And he's like, it's from the alien wars, we saved it, and you know, they're they're taking it. So you gotta go yeah. get it. Um, you fight a few easy enemies, but then you'll, you'll come into a, a room that might look familiar from Contra 3 as well, but it's time for another boss. The Builder. Which, this is a very large... Um, robots <laughs> it comes down from the top this room looks exactly like the room where you fought that big robot torso in in the previous game but here it's it's kind of scary looking and it has these big arms that move and it like you dispenses these weird like blocks and arranges them to do these different kind of attack things yeah so it's never attacking you directly it's using the blocks to attack you every time and th- this can seem really crazy because you know, it has these big arms with elbows and everything. It's moving, but generally only the hands will hurt you. So mm-hmm. it, it makes the room look a lot more crowded than it truly is. Oh, for sure. Uh, and it has like, what, th- three or four attacks, like a, a tower that it knocks over on you. Yeah, it does them in order. Then there's the two little uh, walking kind of blocks or whatever. But yeah, there is a ball. 
a rocket. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't think I ever saw the fourth one because if you just stand in the corner, he will never hurt you. And <laughs> just turn on that shot mode too and just blast him in the face with your strongest weapons. And it found it to be pretty easy, personally. And once you've defeated him, you get to move on to stage three, which also starts, of course, like they all do, with the mission briefing. All right, folks. Well, we thought we could get this done in one episode, but it is not going to happen. And we're not going to make you wait a whole nother week to finish this up because, you know, we want to do something a little different for our 200th episode. Ooh, mama, yes. So, you know, this is going to be what we rarely call part A. And we'll try to get part B out to you here in a day or two. Yeah, so yeah. That means next episode will be the final portion of Contra Hardcore. And if we haven't convinced you to play it yet, you know, spoiler alert, we love this game. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go download the contra collection it's got every every good game on there is pretty darn good so i mean it is worth the price of admission for sure absolutely i think contra is one of the there aren't a lot of bad ones that i know of so yeah uh and you know it's done by the same people that did the the castlevania collection so it's a it's a top-notch uh collection for sure so find a copy of that game and play along with us friends that's right folks and if uh, you know what game i was thinking or trying to talk about earlier in this episode some mysterious contra i'll probably look it up later but if you can get to me first i would appreciate it and you could do that at cartridgecommand at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us at cart command on the twitterverse or cartridge command on facebooks and i'm gonna throw a little uh question out to everyone there you know, we're gonna do our 200th episode and uh you know, I think a small portion of that is going to be a little bit of talking about our show and what's been going on the past, you know, couple of years of us playing these games. But if you guys have any questions for us, uh, feel free to ask us and we might get to them on that episode. Yeah, yeah. Questions, concerns, comments. All of that. Yeah. Well, take them all. But of course, we must and always do thank those wonderful and fun folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command, for it is their hard earned dollars they toss to us every month that makes this show possible. Absolutely. I think that every one of our patrons are wolf people with bionic arms and sunglasses. That's how cool they are. I think they might even be cooler than that, which is hard to do. <laughs> it's tough for my feeble mind to imagine, but it sounds awesome. It is pretty awesome. So thank you all so very much. If you don't give, uh, consider giving. We'd love to expand our Cartridge Command Empire, but as a couple of working class stiffs, you know, we don't have the time or money to do it on our own. And we rely on all you fine, wonderful people to help us out. So if any of you consider giving and haven't yet, do so. There could be more Cartridge Command in the future, but we do always appreciate every dollar we get. So thanks to those who do give. Thank you so very much. Yes, thank you all. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Doodle-doo.